1 John chapter number 2. I'm going to read just one verse today, verse number 28 of 1 John chapter 2. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Let us pray. Our Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the privilege to preach. Thank you, Lord, for these that have come. You know every heart, you know every need, and I pray you'd impress on my mind exactly what needs to be said, that your people may be helped and that we might be strengthened in the Lord. God, do that in hearts that only you can do, and we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. I'd like to speak to you on the thought, I wish I had given him more. The Bible talks about here that when he appears, we'd not be ashamed before him at his coming. Have you ever done anything that you were ashamed of, or said something, or thought something that you were ashamed of? We probably all have. And uh, we'll have, we probably have regrets now, uh, much less thinking about then. But uh, as we think of this service and this thought today, uh, we like to deal with it in different areas. First of all, trust. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. God wants to be involved in our life. But uh, the Bible says, trust in Him with all thine heart. I think the key is all. Uh, you know, as I read the Bible, I find that God is interested in the details of our life. The Bible said He numbers the hairs of my head. Now, I cannot tell you how many hair is on my head. won't be too long I'll be able to tell you that. But uh, anyway... The Lord knows the number of the hairs of our head. He knows all about us. Not a sparrow falls to the ground that God does not know about it. And so uh, he says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. If we had only learned to do that. And I believe that uh, we'll uh, certainly wish one day that we'd uh, walk by faith, not by sight. We'd have trusted God in every detail of our life. Proverbs 28, 26, He that trusts us in his own heart is a fool. And then in Psalm 118, verse 8, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I am told that's the center verse in the Bible. And if you count all the verses of the Bible divided by two, that you'll end up with that being the center verse. That's a great truth, isn't it? It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Man will fail you. The best of men will fail you. But God never fails. Notice the two center words of that verse is the Lord. He's the center of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So may God help us to put our trust in the Lord and, and to... We'd not have regrets when we stand before Him. Second of all, we wish you would give Him more of our time to the Lord. Psalm 89, 47. Remember how short my time is. The most amazing thing about getting older is the brevity of life. When I was a youngster going to school, I thought I'll never get out of school. I'm going to have to go to school all my life. 
And, uh, and that's kind of been the way it is. I'm still in school, I reckon. Uh, but uh, uh, time seemed to pass so slowly. But now as I've gotten older, I wonder how under heaven I got this old. <laughs> Where did it go? Remember how short my time is. 1 Corinthians seven twenty nine. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. In Ephesians 5, 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Seventy years of age is nothing, is it? Is it? Really. How quickly life passes by. And if a person doesn't have the Lord, what do they have to live for? If you don't have Jesus, then what's the purpose of life? To be born, to, to work and, and live and then die? Is that all there is? I'm glad there's more to it. But you know, we all have the same amount of time. 168 hours in a week. And we're all given the same amount. Uh, and I, I was thinking about, you know, Israel was required to give a fourth, or seventh, pardon me, a seventh of their time uh, to the Lord, which is 24 hours. We don't even give a tenth. If you, if you figure up, I figured it up. If you come to church Sunday morning for Sunday school and preaching, if you come to church Sunday night, if you come to church Wednesday night, and you go on visitation, we still don't give one-tenth of our time to God. We're not even tithing. And some don't even come, to come that much. They don't come every service. So we may be giving even less. But certainly, when we stand before the Lord, how we used our time, we'll give an account to God of how we used the time that was allotted us. And, and we'll have to reckon with Him about that. So we ought to give Him our trust. We ought to walk by faith and let Him be involved in our life. We ought to give Him of our time and, and, and think often on Him. Then we ought to give Him of our talents. In Matthew 25, He gives the story of the talents. He gives to one man five talents. The Bible said in verse 15, according to his ability. People have different abilities. Some people have, uh, have more ability than others. The Bible said to whom much is given, much is required. And be not many masters, knowing you shall receive the greater condemnation. So the more that God bestows on us, the more God expects. And he, gave, he gives one five talents. He goes out and gets five more. He, he doubles. He doubles the money. He gives another two. He gets two more. Now listen, he doesn't, he doesn't start off with as much. So he's not required to gain as much. Another one has one, and he goes and buries it. He don't do anything with his. And people say, well, I, you know, I can't sing like Bill, and I can't preach, and I can't teach, and therefore I can't do nothing. Well, everybody can do something. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has a gift. And the important thing is using that to the glory of God and using what God's given us to the best of our ability. It's amazing what people have done with, with little. And, and uh, uh, you know, Fanny Crosby, many of the great songs that we sing in church was written by her, who was blind. She could have sat around and said, well, here I am, I'm blind and I'm disabled and I can't do nothing except sit around and feel sorry for herself. But she didn't do that. She went ahead in spite of her disability 
and let God use her to bless millions of people. God help us to do the best we can with what we have. 1 Peter 4.11 If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. So we ought to use the talents that God gives us for His glory. Are, are we doing the best we can? Are, are, we, are we giving God the best of our ability? Are we slack in that area? When we stand before Him one day, we'll wish we had given Him more. Then the matter of tithe. Bible teaches in Malachi 3.8. He asks the question, Will a man rob God? Well, uh, and they say, Why, wherein have we robbed thee? And the Lord said, In tithes and offerings. You know, to not give the tithe is to be a thief, according to the Bible. Not according to Dean Silver. It doesn't matter to me. It's what God thinks, really. And so uh, he says that we ought, we ought to give to the Lord that that belongs to him. And God promises a blessing. God says, if you will obey me, I'll, I'll, I'll bless you and your storehouses will overflow. And God's proved that in my life. God's met every need that I've ever had and beyond my needs. The Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. All of us have more than we have to have, don't we? The Bible said, Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. And I've got far more than food and raiment I've got, I've got more than I need, and so do you. God, God has, you know, I think of how we live today and how people used to live. We don't have much to complain about, do we? Uh, I can remember when you had to go out and cut your firewood and, and uh, carry the water in the house. And, and uh, it, you know, if we, we talk about the cost of living, and it is, it is uh, burdensome sometimes, but if we lived like they lived in the olden days, it wouldn't be too expensive to live. We just cut the electricity off and got rid of the car and, uh, you know, had us a pig out in the pen there, a couple of, couple of pigs, and, and, and canned all kind of stuff. We, it wouldn't take a whole lot to live. But we, I'm, not, I'm not advocating we do that unless you want to. If you want to, you go ahead. Uh, talk about the good old days. I don't know whether they were so good or not uh, in that respect. They were good in one way. But anyway, we are blessed, aren't we? We are blessed immensely. And, and certainly we ought, to, we ought to put God first in our life and give to the Lord that that belongs to Him. In 2 Corinthians and uh, chapter number 9, 2 Corinthians and chapter number 9, and verse 6 through 8, page 1236 of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always have in all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. So God promises it there right in the Bible. He said if you, if you want a big crop, then sow bountifully. 
If you don't want to read much, then so spare. And listen, the only thing that's going to matter when we leave this world is what we invested in, 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 in the eternal things of God. The things that we invest in ourselves, we have to leave behind, don't we? Who was it? Uh, they, Imelda Marcus, wasn't that her name, that had, uh, had a, what was it, a thousand pair of shoes? And, uh, I mean, what do you do? It's kind of like Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. But uh, uh, had all these shoes. Listen, if you had all the shoes in the world, you'd have to give them up, wouldn't you? If you, had, if you had the nicest clothes in the world, if you lived in the finest house, you'd have to, give, you'd have to leave it behind. If you had all the money in the world, you'd have, to, you'd have to leave it behind. No wonder Jesus said, for what shall a prophet a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And so, really, the only thing that's going to matter is, is uh, the eternal things. What I invested in eternity. Uh, and so we ought to give the best, uh, best of our tithes and make an investment in eternal things. You know, uh, the Bible says you're getting a hundredfold. You talk, about, you talk about a return. Some people have done very well in the stock market. Uh, someone said, I lost a lot of money in the stock market. It went up and I didn't have any. That's been my history. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, uh, but anyway... Uh, they, you know, they say it's been, you've been returning 15, 20%, depending on what your investment was in, which is, which is a tremendous return. But then they're saying that you may lose that and more. <laughs> and some have, I think. But uh, the Lord promises a hundredfold benefit. Then not only that, but let me move along. Uh, we ought to have him in our thoughts. Proverbs 23, verse 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Psalm 119.59, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. You realize God knows their thoughts. And uh, the Pharisees despised the Lord because he could look into their mind. He could know what they were thinking about. And uh, do you realize that our thoughts are recorded? Uh, that the Lord records our thoughts? Listen to what Malachi 3.16 says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. So the Bible teaches that our very thoughts are recorded and God puts them in a book of remembrance. And if they're the right kind of thoughts, we'll be rewarded. Now honestly... How much, how, mu how, many, how, how many hours this week have you thought on the Lord? If we'd be honest, probably most of our thoughts have been taken up by the responsibilities of the day. And, and we get so involved and so wrapped in, in, in things of life that we don't think a whole lot about the Lord. But we ought to. What's the first thing you think of when you get up in the morning? Do you think about the Lord? and the goodness of God, and how, how much God means to you? What's the last thing you think? Who's the last person you talk to before you go to sleep? You say, well, I talk to my wife or husband, or, uh, or I talk to the family. Well, I talk to the Lord. Last person you ought to talk to before you go to sleep is the Lord. And uh, make sure every sin's confessed. 
and thank Him for what He's done for you uh, for the, throughout the day. And the first thoughts that we'll have in the morning, kind of like B.R. Lakin, he said, the first thing I do is say, good morning, Lord. You know, I think it'd be good if we just, uh, if we talked to God like He was really there, don't you? You know, there's, there's a tendency we think of God as, as, as somewhere else. <laughs> the Bible said, in Him we live and move and have our being. He's not far from every one of us. He is real. He is there. And we'll treat Him like he's, he's a real person. And He's right there. It's all right. Talk to People might think you're a little strange. You don't have to necessarily do it out loud. That might cause people to think you're strange. You go around talking. They say they must be losing their mind. They're talking to themselves. But uh, uh, it's good. And listen, God can read our thoughts. You don't have to speak out loud. You don't have to talk out loud for the Lord to hear you. You can talk silently, speak silently in your mind, and God knows about that. But uh, the Bible says those that thought upon His name. And that's an awesome thing, isn't it? That even our, and you, you have to think about something. I've told you many times about my grandmother. She lived to be in her 90s. And her whole life was, uh, was taken up with living for heaven, really. The Lord was the centerpiece of her life. And uh, that's all she wanted to talk about, really. We'd have, when I was pastor down in Maiden, we'd have her come down and stay a week, especially during revival time. She always enjoyed that. And the jest of her, her conversation was the Lord Jesus. That's what she enjoyed talking about. And she, this couple, she went and stayed all night with them. And they heard her during the night and they thought something was wrong with her. And they went in to check on her. And she was praying and talking to the Lord in her sleep. You know why she was doing that? Because her thoughts, her thoughts were on the Lord. Her, her, her talk was talking about the Lord. Her thoughts were on the Lord. And even when she went to sleep at night, unconsciously, she was thinking about the Lord. I've often thought of that where the Bible says, pray without ceasing. I've often thought of that example. And, and if that's not what it really means, that we ought to be so absorbed with the Lord Jesus. We ought to be, we ought to be so in, in, enraptured with Him and our thoughts will be so, so concentrated on Him that even subconsciously we would think about Him. What do you think about? Uh, you know, when you, when you're, if you go to bed and you lay there and you lay there a while before you go to sleep, what, what, what is the things that uh, are filling your mind that you just, as you're thinking before you go to sleep, what are you thinking about? The Bible said, as, he th as a man thinketh in his heart, so he you tell me what you think about, I'll tell you the person you are. It's not what we portray ourselves to be. It's not what we pretend to be. The Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Of course, if we, if, we, if, we, if we fill our mind with things of this world, if we pour uh, ungodly things into our mind, then that's going to absorb our thoughts. Then let me move on a couple more points and I'll be through. Uh, as far as their testimony is concerned. 1 John 4, 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. In Acts 4, verse 20, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Our testimony for Jesus Christ. You know the Apostle Paul, he hated Christ. He hated Christians. 
He is having them committed to prison and giving permission for them to be put to death. Uh, but uh, you know something? When the Lord intervened in his life on the Damascus Road, everywhere he went, he said, I want to tell you what God did for me on the Damascus Road. I hated him. I despised Christians. But God saved me and forgave me. He told his testimony. And we ought to be doing that to everybody that we have our opportunity to, to talk to and giving our testimony for Jesus Christ. Everybody has a testimony if you're saved, and everybody needs to be saved that's not. Uh, the best of our testimony, we wish we'd have done it more instead of less when we stand before the Lord. The Bible says we'd not be ashamed at His coming. And then we ought to give the best of our thanks. In Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. As we approach this Thanksgiving season, we're to be reminded of the blessings of God and the goodness of God in our life. As the song says, Count your many blessings, name them one by one. You know, when you start naming your blessings, you forget about your troubles, don't you? You forget about your problems. But, you know, if, 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 if you're negative and pessimistic in your thoughts, and, I, you know, uh, do, you, do you like to be around someone that's always, always negative and they're always concentrated on the bad things? I was visiting recently and... and uh, person I was visiting says, says, boy, you look, uh, your eyes look tired and, and are you sick? And, you know, it makes you start thinking, boy, I mean, I don't think I do feel so good. Uh, and uh, you're feeling pretty good, you know, so uh, after a while you, you are feeling bad, aren't you? Well, uh, you know, we ought to be optimistic and we ought to be, look, look up the good things of life and count your blessings. Name them one by one. They'll surprise us what God's done. Give Him thanks always for all things. In everything, give thanks. I read this morning in our opening, for you that should have been here to hear it, but for you that wasn't, I'll read it again. You know. But uh, it talks about Matthew Henry. And uh, uh, he, he was robbed. And this is the attitude that he took toward that. He says, let me be thankful. First, because he never robbed me before. Second, because although he took my purse, he did not take my life. Third, because although he took all I possessed, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. I thought of that and I've, I've had that for some time. Here's a man that had everything to complain about. Uh, I wonder, uh, I, I doubt I'd, I'd have took the attitude that he took. I should, but I'd have probably been griping, complaining, and, and calling the law and, and uh, telling everybody what a, what a terrible thing had happened to me. But now here's a man that in, in, in that bad experience, he found something to be thankful for. And we can always find something in every heartache in every tragedy of life, we can say, find something to be thankful for. And you know something? If you're saved today, there's nothing can change that. If you're a child of God, 
No matter how bad it gets, no matter how hard it gets, the devil can't take your salvation away. We have a home in heaven. It's kind of like John Rice. He's preaching against the liquor business. And some, some bootleggers came to him and threatened him and said, if you don't quit preaching that, said, uh, says, we're going to kill you. His response was, says, you can't threaten me with heaven. <laughs> well, what do you do with someone like that? Go ahead. Go ahead and kill me. I just go to heaven. <laughs> In everything, give thanks. May God help us to do that and do it not just one week of the year, but all through the year. Let's bow our heads, please.